You're listening to Find the Outside, the podcast. I'm Tuesday Ryanhart. And I'm Tim Merrick. This week on the podcast, we're talking about an issue that is right up front with us, which is working with teams and how we're choosing to work with teams and what's up for us and where we're succeeding wildly, Tim, and where we are struggling. Yeah, and very specifically like distributed teams, like the way that we work is we're often working with teams that are in different parts of the planet or in different locations, focused on very different tasks. And we kind of have this whole philosophy of managers of one, which we've talked about a lot um, on, on this podcast. And it's like how when you're dealing with like highly complex issues and very, very complex change processes, are we keeping these different members of the team connected? As they begin to like shoot off and deliver in their own way, how do we keep that coming back and then going out and coming back? I mean, it's back to the old art of hosting stuff, isn't it? Of like the breath of design Tuesday, like it's going, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I was thinking how, um, you know, they're kind of the, the obvious the obvious kind of challenges with that, right? Dispersed teams, different roles, right? But also this uh this strategy we have of managers of one at least for me is also a challenge because managers of one are often just used to going out and doing their own thing and it's wonderful to be able to trust that that's happening like it, i think it's an i think it's amazing tim that we can say that we have no concern for even one moment that the teams we're working on, that folks are going to go get that work done, right? Like we, Absolutely. like we're not over that at all. Like that's not the concern. And I know myself as a manager of one, I can just run off and do my thing, right? And not even think to be, um, you know, like oh, how do I feed that back in? So it's almost like by the very nature of having folks who are, and I folks, me, um, who are used to kind of managing and navigating for themselves and getting their work done, it can add a wrinkle and how like you keep that connected and intersecting and have uh, have each of us thinking about how that works toward the whole yeah absolutely especially when those folks are just like highly competent you know mm -hmm. and uh and i just think the work you, you know we talk about this in our when we're framing up events sometimes or like the like how the urgency can eclipse the importance yeah. Right, you know, like what's urgent, what's immediate, what's in front of me in terms of what I need to get off my desk, what I need to respond to, this question from a client, this document that needs to be developed, this piece of strategy I need to be working on, this design for an event, whatever it might be, like that just needs to be dealt with. And the urgency of it eclipses our ability to zone out, stop, take a breath and then see the bigger picture and be able to prioritize what's important at what time in what order. Do you know what I mean? And also... And I think one of the great benefits of working with a team as kind of like sophisticated and competent as the one uh, ones we get to work with is that when you actually collect those minds and hearts and humans together, you get to see a bigger picture that you couldn't see otherwise. Right. And and then that allows that kind of like strategic direction or prioritization to take place. But that's hard when there's just like a lot to do. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just yes. hard when there's a lot to do because like you just want to get on with it. Like I've right now got in my Todoist, which is a great app, folks. If you don't have it, you should check it out. Um, uh, in, in my in my Todoist, I've just got a whole list that I need to get to today, you know, and, and some of them are like work related and some of them are family related. And But like it's as a naturally productive person, there's a piece of me that is measuring myself right? Relative to my produ production rather than relative to my connection. Yeah. And I think, and I think mm. that's a real tendency that I have to, 
that I have to watch. And I think you're right. In general, like competent senior professionals in their field who are used to operating um, uh, kind of, you know, you know, connected, but on their own. I think a lot of people have that kind of in them, you know? Yeah, I think that's right. Boy, that seems really smart to me. Like one of the places I am fantastic is producing. Um, and that will, uh, but one of the places I can just like fall down is around connection. I was thinking about that is also, however, the benefit of a team. Just thinking about us today, right? Um, and, you know, I think I was more on the gotta produce this thing and you were more on the how do we stay connected, right? And I mm. would hope at some times that would, you know, if needed, that would flip, right? That I would say, okay, but what does this mean for our team? And how are we kind of like making sure we're knitting ourselves together? I think today it happened to be you, but I think um, part of the benefit of, holding this with you or working with you is that we can, the two of us can hold production and connection. Um, and when it gets a little out of whack, we can kind of pull it back or bring our attention to it or, um, in a way that it can be quite hard as an individual to sustain. So that would also be a benefit of the team, although it kind of is inherently part of the challenge. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and I've just got like questions like, how do you do that without offending each other? Mm -hmm. How do you, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, how do we manage? And I know it comes back to friendship and relationship and continuity over time and like kindness and listening and you know, all of those things are in there. But in the flurry of that, of the amount of work we've been in, it, I mean, I, I find it too. Like when I'm in a period of massive production um, and it gets into like, someone's telling me to slow down it's like i'm getting into production you know or if i'm in a period where i feel like actually our ability to reflect is more important and someone's trying to pull me into action that can feel just as jarring and so there's it's it's uh uh there's something in um uh like inherent to teams is the kind of connection you build and i was just thinking about the little kind of team connections we've been doing on this project just like at the beginning of each beginning of each of the team meetings, we start with a little bit of like, all right. Um, uh, and I think it's like, what's your update? And then we do inner and outer, you know? Mm. So, so everyone gets to turn up and be like, this is how I'm feeling, you know? Yeah. And this is the kind of, practical stuff that's drawing on me at the moment that like has my full attention and we did that in the team call today you know and some of the like personal stuff resulted in tears and and some of the practical stuff results resulted in us reorganizing and reprioritizing and setting a different plan in motion but i think there's something about uh, our teams is that ability to be in like the really human with each other you know and also the really kind of like practical get shit done kind of piece and um and uh not uh, you know and i think it is swings and roundabouts between who's holding it you or me or um or within our team who's paying attention to which piece but um there's something about kind of like bringing teams of people together or even just working in partnerships that you and i that has some kind of natural self-regulation to it is that too esoteric it's almost like if one of us is going off in the other way the other one also always seems to tend yeah in the opposite direction yeah. and i think that's often true in teams where we're paying attention not just to the practical but the emotional and the human is there some kind of like natural self-regulation that seems to take place mm. do you experience that as well i love that 
Well, but here's the thing. I'm feeling preoccupied at this moment with like, oh my gosh, who on our team was crying on this internal call that case in point I missed today. Um, so, so I just had a little moment of like, ah, um, yeah, I do think, I do think we self-regulate in that way. And I think it is, um, it is worth being quite vigilant because although I believe we self-regulate, I think the tendency at least, you know, with the way we work, will be toward production. There's always another deadline. There's always something urgent. And so if we're not vigilant, yes, we'll self-regulate, but that we could, you know, kind of like tilt to one side. Um, And so I love how you mentioned um, kind of like the opening of team calls. I would think the other thing that I'm finding so delightful um, right now is the WhatsApp piece. Yes. I Isn't mean, that awesome? It is amazing for it's our It's really team. fun. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm really loving, we're using WhatsApp as like just, and and yes, we're kind of flagging, hey, Tim, can you look at this? Or this is what's up, or I need this kind of feedback, right? Uh, but we're also sending gifts and saying happy Monday and oh my gosh, thank you, thank goodness the week is over. And like, it's just like this living, breathing place. We're connecting with each other um, that is easy. It always feels fun. I never, you know, sometimes I dread, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I I dread opening up my email. I never dread opening up my WhatsApp and it could mm. actually still have tasks attached. Um, right. But there's some spirit there that we've created and cultivated that just feels really good. Right. Yeah, it's totally, there's definitely like the, the gift culture on that WhatsApp is absolutely amazing. Like I've never seen so many outrageously hilarious gifts in my entire life. Um, <laughs> and like sharing of music, we were, you know, we were throwing some Al Jarreau up there this week. And I mean, there's just, I've, I, you're right, you know, there is something about that. And, and funnily enough, we've always tried to kind of direct ourselves onto Slack, but we've actually found the WhatsApp as a team tool a lot more effective, haven't we, in this particular project? Yeah, I it's uh, yes, I would say absolutely. I wonder, I'm curious what that's about because I love Slack, but it just doesn't mm. seem to have the same spirit or ease. I, I, and I would just say not even for for any team I've ever been on, actually. Like I love Slack. It feels good. It feels like the right tool, but it's never quite clicked in the way that WhatsApp has. And I would say actually, Tim, if I think about it, it's part of the same project, but even for another team within that project, they are much more likely to use WhatsApp and they have access to email and Skype and Slack and all of that, but they're still more likely to use WhatsApp. I wonder what that's about. Maybe it's less formal. It's a bit more, it's a bit more zingy. Mm. I feel like it's harder to include gifts in Slack. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Gifts make all the difference, don't they? (laughs) We need some proper emoticon usage, you know. I mean, it's, it really doesn't have an extensive library, does it? But, <laughs> yeah. So the other thing, here's the other thing I want to throw into the middle of this conversation, uh-huh. right, is that is that the focus of our work, right, our, our particular approach to systems change, even our theory of change, bud, is that we put work in the middle. Yeah. Right. We put shared work in the middle. What's the work in the middle? And And I just wonder if, like, you know, because we do that, and I really believe in that. I believe like putting work in the middle galvanizes multiple, often conflicting, diverse voices to work together in ways they wouldn't otherwise. You know, I'm like obviously completely into it. Um, but I wonder if that also leads to this tendency to prioritize the work over the relationships. And I wonder if that isn't partly because at least I and somewhat you, I don't know, have have come from a global field that has actually prioritized the relationships over the work often. Mm, you know, mm. If I think about kind of like working in the broader art of hosting community, 
it was often that we would spend enormous amounts of time kind of in the relational field, you know, yeah. and then be rushing into the practical stuff yeah. later. And so there's something, I mean, I don't know, two kind of things to think about, whether the focus of our work in itself, of putting shared work in the middle, is one of the reasons we need to be particularly attentive to the relationships. I think you had some nice, we've got to really watch that, you know, mm-hmm. but also that we've both come from this highly relational field. So we may just take it for granted that's going to happen because it's been so much part of the design culture we've been in, you know? Mm, I think that's a great question. I think that's a great question. Um, so I think I just, I'm just going to talk, right? I don't know that I'm saying anything that's, you know what I mean? Like that's, I'm- that's all we're doing today. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I'm not saying I'm not. This is not a formed thought, I guess, is what I want to say. Tuesday, don't don't go off the script now. OK, look, we pre- <laughs> we we prepared this word by word earlier. You can't don't you're throwing me off me. I can't handle it. <laughs> That's right. What are you going to say next? I mean, who knows? Um, I was thinking about like that, that I, I really appreciate this kind of is is because we put work in the center. Like, does that it, does that kind of pull us in a direction? Um and I, and I, because I think maybe putting work in the center was in some ways kind of, um, a direct response to, um, uh, uh getting everyone on the same page, which can be relationship based, mm. right? Like, it, you know, cause mm. we have to feel good and be on the same page, either with the same analysis or the same vision. So I think that that is, uh, I think that could be a danger of this work and, um, I think even though we say work at the center, all of the stances around it are relational. Yeah. And so there's something for me around how do we, I put down, I put down rhetoric, like how do we live our rhetoric? But you know, you were the person who told me in the first place, and I've just never forgotten this. When we talk about principles of how we want to work together, we think about, um, you know, how is it that we want to be together to get the work done? Because we've never said that results in relationships. We've always said that those two things are together, right? Like you cannot yeah. separate them. Um, so, so that is also, I think as much of our conception as having work at the center. And I think, um, you said to me early that principles are questions we need to be in or things we need to come back to that actually we will not be able to live that principle fully all of the time. And so I guess that's what I'm a little bit hearing us say here is like um, our like being in relationships, staying in connection, taking care of each other, right? All of that feeds our results. It's why it's it moves the work in the center. But it's worth stopping and reflecting and looking at that principle, not to a, are we doing it or not? But like, oh, right. What's that? What's what's relationship and connection look like at this phase of the work and this scale of the work? For me, that feels like the right reflection rather than just, you know, signs of the principles or even ground rules. Oh, my goodness. Like people just say you're doing it or you're not. Um, right. And then we're going to make you feel terrible if you don't. Exactly. And so there's something that you just like, kind of feel like you just pulled us back into. If one of our principles is around relationship and connection, it feels just right to be looking at that now, not as a pass fail, but more as a, Hey, what does that look like now? What do we need now? Um, yeah. So that was one of the things around shared work. And then I think it also is quite interesting that we both come from a relational field um, and uh, where the summarize the practicalities or even the strategy of the work um, mm. was um, was less emphasized. How about that? And I feel like, Tim, you and I, our work 
lives almost at the intersection of that kind of relational field and the kind of business as usual, but we need big change, right? So I think we're Mm. navigating that all of the time. If you were to look, if you were to show our work as it is the art of hosting community, I bet we would get a million critiques about how we're not attending to relationship enough, right? That that would be what shifts everything. And if we were to turn to the other side and look to our clients, I bet they'd say, ugh, love it, but just a little over relational, right? Like we could do a little less with the relation stuff. And so I think we're sometimes like walking that path of knowing relationship and connection is important and being completely committed to the work. And it just feels to me like, just like we talk about the chaotic path, like we're never going to get it quite right. We're going to oscillate between the two. I'm talking, but I got to tell you, this makes me feel a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you think about like, so like shared work, right, mm-hmm. is this like compelling center mm-hmm. that has the the gravitational pull, the magnetic draw to attract ideas, people, resources, that kind of like, that's the thing that kind of like, like it, it's the thing, everything begins to orbit around, if you like, mm-hmm. you know, and then the stances or the principles of these agreements, like Dehock's thing is, how are we going to behave together in pursuit? Right of our work, mm-hmm. of our shared work, of our purpose, um, and so uh, and so I, I um yes basically, and that <laughs> and and that becomes the container, right? So I'm just like picturing these concentric circles, and that is like, you know, that's art of hosting 101. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, that's rooted in like some of the very early art of hosting stuff, where the you know Dehock's chaotic design has inspi- inspired the art of hosting community in terms of. What's the minimum order you need to be in, need to have in place to organize effectively and productively in the midst of great uncertainty? You know, mm-hmm. so I feel like uh, I feel like we are very uh, kind of in tune with the kind of art of hosting community. And we have a real emphasis on getting stuff done. And I think that's true. And and I, I remembered, you know, talking with some of the colleagues we're working with on a project who's uh who's a uh you know, he's he's within PricewaterhouseCoopers and and do you remember we're having oh, yeah. dinner in Switzerland totally. in, in Switzerland? And he was and and, and I, you know, and, and we were talking to him and saying, you know, some people in our community, you know, in our broader international community would say that kind of we're compromising some of the fundamental participatory methodologies on some level we're selling out by taking on this scale and complexity of work and delivering it and putting the kind of concreteness of the work at the center and he just got couldn't believe yeah, it i know i think the word he uses mainstream is when his jaw hit the floor like what yeah are you he's like you guys are mainstream he's like no he's like you're not mainstream he's like you're fringe you know he's like you're really good i mean don't get me wrong but you're fringe you know and um and so that's just hilarious right yeah and I think you're right, uh, you know, when you were pointing that out between like, you know, how, and it's not just art of hosting, yeah. but how some of those who hold the, uh, the kind of like pure sense of how to do participatory process would be very unhappy with what we're doing. But I think on the same side, you know, folks who are involved in uh, the more traditional OD world would be like, what are they doing? And so I think I think we are walking that edge somewhere right down the middle where we are trying to bring uh, approaches to change that were, um, you know, 20 years ago were pretty radical, mm-hmm. 
you know, were kind of out there would have been called esoteric or things like that, mm. you know. We're really trying to bring those into very large mainstream contexts and organizations and systems. And uh, and it's a real meeting between worlds and worldviews, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think we're finding this with our clients is that um, is that we're constantly having to negotiate between what are our dearest held beliefs about the work, you know, and what the circumstance we are in demands from us, you know, and like, it's a constant tango. Yeah. It's a constant, it's a constant tango. And that, and, and, uh, and that that's happening within our teams as well. You know, that like, as a result of all of that, our teams feel the stretch of like, how much are we giving in to what the client needs right. and how much are we holding true to what we're working on? Right. Or even as an individual, how much am I focusing on like Lex, you know, Lex has been amazing to work with. He does been doing the communications for us because she actually came in with like one idea of how to do communications and then has been adapting and learning a different communication style that fits with participatory systems change to kind of fit the work, you know, but then at some point she's like, nope, can't do that. Don't go that far. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, like there's systems and structures that need to be in place that are going to ensure this runs well. So I think there's this constant negotiation we're in between the kind of learning and the boundary. Um, and, uh, and I think if we don't meet regularly as a team, people begin to start feeling fragmented yeah. or disconnected because of that. They start feeling isolated. There's a piece of like, wait a minute, where am I in this? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you see what I'm saying? I, do. Like, I think, I think the fragmentation isn't just practical, although that's important. I think there's a fragmentation that can take place that's um, uh, belief-based. We begin to start shifting beliefs independently or begin to start shifting behaviors independently. And that actually may be more dangerous than making sure that our evaluation and our communications documents are well aligned. Yeah. And you know what I mean? I do. I do. I, I, I do. And it just, what it brought to me was a question, Tim, of, um, but it kind of brought up two questions. One is like, I think what you're getting to is like a felt sense of belonging to the team and the work, right. Um, that feels just incredibly important if we're doing what feels to all of us is like high stakes work. And it, you know, um, and, uh, and that we're not alone in it, right? Like all of us are, you know, this is, uh, you know, we've been saying, you know, the reason we started the outside was like, this is work is too big to do alone. And so it's even too big to hold alone. I think even like that, the, the piece that you're holding, right, is too big to hold alone. And so we have to hold it together. Um, mm. And so there's something that I think you're getting to that feels a little less clear we can say about how i need to know what the prototype team is doing and they need to know what the direct you know like the other you know what i mean what the bodies that we're working with are doing but there is also this felt sense of belonging to a team and that you're not alone in holding this big work that i think that you're kind of pointing to that feels important um and then underneath that and i've never had this conversation before but i'm curious um is how what does power have to do with that like, for example, on our team with the roles you and I play um, in the team as the team leads, um, do people, do we, like certainly we've attended to our, 
you know, like we've actually spent some time recently, like really attending to how we are together, how we're knitted together, what we were thinking together. Yeah. Um, but what, when there are different levels of power on the team, what does that look like? So yes, a full team meeting, but I, I don't even quite know what my question is here, except that I'm sensing something in what you're saying is it's actually not enough. For example, if one of us is just deeply connected, it actually needs to be both of us so that we can mm. not only because of the perspective we each bring, which is valuable and useful, and <laughs> uh, but uh, also to be real about sharing power, um, about um, voice and inclusion and um, working with our own equity the, the lens we have, which is not a typical analysis, right? But that does somehow make us responsible to each other on a team across power in a little different way. So just, that just occurred to me as you were talking. I've got a question for you. Yeah. Just to keep mining, if that's not a horribly attractive way to talk about it, but like <laughs> Tuesday Reinhardt's brilliance, uh, which is like, how do you think how do you think what you're talking about there with power connects to where you started with that feeling of belonging yeah right and of course that feeling of belonging is where that feeling of like ownership comes from and being part of learning and which is what we know is the most invigorating thing if i feel like i'm learning i feel like i'm growing i feel like i'm part of something it's easier for me to sustain my momentum and my motivation then right but like talk to me a little bit just you know between like the power and the belonging and how they kind of knit together as you figure this out by talking. Yeah. So I don't know, but I would say like that I don't actually know, but I'm sensing or I'm wondering that those of us with more power on the team have a responsibility to create places and spaces where people belong. Yes. Um, and so it's while, because you and I, for example, I mean, you know, like I, I'm just going to make broad strokes, but like you and I on this team, equal levels of power, right? Like equal levels of decision-making, you know, like there's nothing like we're sharing power and it's our team. Mm. And so, um, how we create, for example, how we prioritize the calls, right, is a powerful signal for belonging and importance. How we prioritize the call, how we show up on the calls, how we hold right. those folks who we've invited into this work. Um, and it doesn't feel, it feels a little like you and I sometimes are like totally fine. Like, great, Tim, you got that? Good, Tuj, you got that? You know what I mean? Like it's mm. like it feels completely fine for us to divide and attend but i wonder how that feels for the people who are with less power on the team and where they feel belonging and where they feel importance it just feels like it's it's worth thinking through together right and i wonder also so yes mm -hmm. thank you and uh and I wonder also about that belonging piece of like that we also need places of belonging. Mm. Like we're literally trying to build teams where we feel like we belong, yeah. you know, and uh, and not that there aren't power dynamics in that mm. because we've landed the job or we've invited people to join mm -hmm. it. But like I feel like I'm constantly like eyes open to like, is this a place that I'm loving to be like that WhatsApp group, the way you're describing mm -hmm. it? 
like it's a fun place to be you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and 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 i want my teams to be that yeah. i want to be working on teams that feel like a fun place to be that feel like i'm growing and i'm learning and and uh and i want to create that for others and and so i feel like that um i think that i think you're absolutely right there is a responsibility for us to create the conditions for belonging and i feel like we've we do that in our teams with our clients as much as mm-hmm. we are now beginning to do that with our own teams you mm-hmm. know but i but it made me also feel like that's a responsibility we have to ourselves not just to you and i mm-hmm. you know what i mean in terms of like our leadership of the outside and our friendship but like you, you know what i mean yeah i think it's great i just love yeah. i mean i just love <laughs> i think it's great and i just love how it exactly 100% is where each of us is at this very moment, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so of course I'm thinking about like, of course today, given the day, having just missed an internal call, thinking about my prioritization of team team calls. Like I'm thinking like, oh, what's my responsibility (laughs) with this power around belonging and you doing the work around like, we can't just leave those in power out when we have these conversations as if they don't have the same needs, right? Like we just went exactly to where both of us are living at this very moment in that response. (laughs) It's happening live, folks. Exactly. (laughs) The the learning is on. I love it. Look, working with teams is not simple. No. Working with yourself is not simple. Mm-hmm. Working with kind of like change in the world, which has embedded complexity and, and uh, you know, and equity at the heart mm-hmm. of it is not simple. Like we're in all of this to figure it out. And there's no doubt the more connected we are, the better we are able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, and the, you know, I think one of the things I'm taking away from this call, because we're getting to the point where we need to do a poem and a song is, is that um, this isn't just about connection for the sake of connection. No. This isn't just about connection so we can do the work better. This is, this is actually about creating places of belonging and, uh, and for ourselves, but also for the teams we bring together to go deliver the work, mm-hmm. but also for the teams we're working with, with our clients and our partners kind of to get the change done. That like a, a huge piece of what we're trying to create is that feeling of belonging among people. Right. right. And that, and and I don't know how we measure that, but I would love to talk to the folks who do evaluation with us to go talk to Gabrielle mm. and be like, wait a minute, like how is belonging and uh, a metric yeah. for us in terms of success in our work? Like, because I think out of that belonging, a lot of we get a lot of very practical, tangible. Oh my goodness! Um, capacity. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like I don't know. I mean, like just the 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 what I will do for people I belong to and with, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a whole, it's like exponentially different than um, delivering something. Like it just, they're just so intertwined. I'd love to know. I'd love to know how people are feeling uh, uh, belonging on our teams. I'd love for us to reflect more about how we feel belonging or not on our teams. That's great. And and how successful we are at creating it or not. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I got a song. You got a poem? Well, give me a second and I'll get a poem. All right. So let me let me talk through the song here because this is uh this is a song by Foster the People. <laughs> and it's been out there for a while, I think. Pumped up kicks. And uh 
And I've just been listening to it a lot. We've been running these programs uh, up in the city with um, Mo Drescher, the Public Service Commission programs. And every time I put this one on, I feel a little bit like dancing. And um, and then other people in the room seem to start like, you know, just gently moving around. Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People. I hope that it uh, lifts everybody mm. who's listening to us today. It's a good one. Beautiful. Beautiful. What are you What are you looking at? I'm looking at this um, book called uh, Earth Prayers. And my friend Jamie Harvey gave it to me. And I'm seeing him, you know, on Sunday. And I just... Um, uh, I, I, I just love it. It's just like one of the most beautiful... Thing. So I'm going to I'm going to pick this one. This one is by Stephanie Kaza of Green Gulch Farm. We live by the sun. We feel by the moon. We move by the stars. We live in all things. All things live in us. We eat from the earth. We drink from the rain. We breathe of the air. We live in all things. All things live in us. We call to each other. We listen to each other. Our hearts deepen with love and compassion. We live in all things. All things live in us. We depend on the trees and animals. We depend on the earth. Our minds open with wisdom and insight. We live in all things. All things live in us. We dedicate our practice to others. We include all forms of life. We celebrate the joy of living, dying. We live in all things. All things live in us. We are full of life. We are full of death. We are grateful for all beings and companions. I think that speaks to Teamwork Tuesday. Thank you. All right. That's it for this episode of Find the Outside the Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. New episodes of the podcast are available every second Tuesday. If you'd like to get in touch with us about something you heard on the show, you can reach us at podcast at findtheoutside.com. You can find links to any of the resources, poems, books, songs we mentioned during the show in the show notes for this episode over at findtheoutside.com slash podcast or in the description for the podcast in the podcast app you're listening to us on. Thanks to Mark Coffin at Sound Good Studio for making us sound so amazing. And thanks to Gary Blakemore for the awesome opening and closing music. See you next time.